Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Full time fantasy. Full time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Rose, it's a busy day. A little basketball, a little baseball, a little football to talk about. Game two was a pretty good game last night. Yeah, it was. Uh, kind of expected it and thought Golden State would bounce back, and they certainly did, but a lot of questions moving forward in this series for them. This game three, I mean, I know that no, my son corrected me because I was like, maybe game three should just be a game where the Warriors sit Durant, sit Looney, sit Thompson, sit everybody, and then you come back healthy in game four. But then he said, you never want to give away a game. What do you think you do here? Well, you can't, and also, just because they sit doesn't mean they're going to come back. Like, Clay Thompson, I don't know if one game's going to do it. To Hammy, we don't know the extent of it, so he says he's fine, but obviously he's going to say that. His body will tell a different story in practice the next couple of days, and uh, I don't think you can risk it. You, 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 don't, you give Toronto a game on the road and, and get their confidence back up? Nah, you can't do it. Like, this is it. The season's on the line, and if anyone is ready to go, you've got to play them because – they were fortunate to escape. Not fortunate, but considering everything that happened with Looney out and Thompson going down, and you know they really couldn't hit shots down the stretch. They were fortunate that they played solid defense, and Toronto wasn't able to do anything. So I think that was a big, big lift for Golden State, considering everything. And the fact that DeMarcus Cousins played a huge game, and I don't think anyone expected that after only playing eight minutes in game one. And I thought that him being on the floor really hurt their transition defense. And that was going to be one of the problems. But his size gave them problems. And, you know, he gutted it out and, and gave them some big minutes. Cook hit some big shots. So that's what championship teams do is they find a way to get it done even when the de- deck is stacked against them. And I think that's what you saw what happened with Golden State last night. And, and they survived. You know, you said something interesting about Cousins. As I'm watching the game, I said to my son, because Cousins gets, got two early fouls. I said to my son, I go, Tim Boogie Cousins, wasn't he one of the best players in the NBA? What happened to this guy? And just as I say these words, he hits a three, starts to play some defense. Because Boogie Cousins legitimately was a, was a guy before his injury, was a guy you could build around. He finally seemed like he got some confidence back, and that just changed a lot. Well, the injuries is what happened. He tore his Achilles, and then he hurt a quad injury. So you're a big guy, and you have those two injuries, and you're coming back. And remember, he wasn't playing big minutes in the regular season. He was also not being relied upon as the guy. He went to a team where he knew, he said, I'm going to take a one-year deal, prove it, take less money, and try and win a championship with these guys. So he knew coming in, you know, he wasn't going to get 25 shots a game. It just wasn't the way this team was built. So he sacrificed There's no way you're going to give this guy a big contract now, right? I mean, with these two injuries, you, you giving him a big contract in the offseason? He's probably not going to get it. I mean, he could still play. I mean, he obviously showed it. So, And this is with not much conditioning either. I mean, you could see he wasn't uh, 
in the best shape towards the end of the game, and that's because he hasn't really been able to do much the last couple of weeks because of the quad. So he clearly can still play, and he's still a, a great big man. So if Clay Thompson is 70%, do you risk him in game three? Do you play him at 70%? At what point do you not play him? Uh, they're going to need him. If Durant's out and he's out, they're in trouble. They're in real trouble. They don't have any depth on this team. And then even if Looney – and Iguodala's not 100% either. I know, I mean, he obviously hit the big shot towards the he end of the game. He could go at any time, dude. He could go at any time. His leg is, is, is ready to go. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly gutting it out. So, uh, yeah, they got, they got a tough call to make. And, you know, I tweeted it yesterday. I mean, this puts a lot of pressure on Durant to get back. It really does. Oh, no, I know. But, I mean, I, what I had read prior was that they thought that w that game four seemed optimal. Game game, uh, game three was absolutely rushing it. But, I mean, but, and then I thought to myself, well, can you just get, rest everybody game three? But do you really want to give one away? And I mean, that might be the one that, they, uh, that cost them the whole title. Yeah, you can't do it. I mean, if guys are ready to play, if they are confident they can go, maybe they're not 100% and they know how to play it without risking injury. Uh, I think you'll see a couple of them give it a go, but you can't sit everybody. You don't want to give away a game. Fair enough. All right, let's take a look at uh, a little fantasy baseball here for a second. Dallas Keuchel, Craig Kimbrell, these are names. Teams don't have to give up anything now. We're hearing a lot of teams, the Cubs, the Twins, the Cardinals. When are these guys going to sign? I would think next couple days uh, now that they don't have to give up a draft pick, so I'd expect to see something pretty – pretty quickly here are you surprised when you hear a team like the White Sox are in, interested in Keuchel I mean if you're Keuchel at this point are you looking to win or are you looking for money what are you looking for um I mean money I think is pretty important for a lot of these guys and you know just because you pick a team doesn't mean a guarantee to win so I mean I don't know his mentality but I I will never blame players if they want to take the money and especially now when they see how the market is and if someone's willing to give them a three-year deal and another team's won, but they have a better chance to win, and they might take the three-year deal because they saw what happened this year and they had to sit out. And well, I don't know if it's going to get better. Do you think there's three-year deal? I mean, do you think there's a three-year deal out there for a Keuchel of this world? Because if there was, maybe why didn't he sign it before? Uh, because teams didn't want to give up their draft pick. And now that that's going to pass and – if the agent is good, he'll use it as leverage and say, well, there's a lot of teams that need starting pitching. Look at the state. We got X amount of deal offer from this one. So if you go to three at this, then we'll, we'll you, he's yours. So if you had to give, give me a prediction, where give me the team that Keiko's going to first. Uh, I don't know. It would be just throwing darts. Uh, I really don't know. I think Kimbrell, where he should go, I think Kimbrell should go to the Twins. I mean, I'm hearing a lot about the Cubs, but – Man, the Twins have a team that, that's built to win now, and they just need a stopper for me. Yeah, I mean, the Twins are a good spot for him. Uh, the Red Sox would be a good spot. The Braves would be a good spot. The Phillies, the Nationals. I mean, there's a lot of spots where he can go. Milwaukee, so, even Milwaukee. So his market, his market's probably a little better than you would think than Keuchel's, right? Because teams need that closer. Yeah. Think, do you I think also, Boston regrets what they did? No, they won a World Series. I mean, they didn't want to pay Kimbrell. I don't blame them for not paying Kimbrell. Why are you going to pay that guy? You just won, and, you know, he was diminishing a little bit last year. Why are you going to go out and spend four, three, you know, four years on a closer? I wouldn't have done it either. They won a World Series. I mean, if they don't win this year, is it a disappointment? Sure, but they won a World Series. So, like, why? And, and their owners are also on the, the Liverpool team. So why do they care? 
So would you say that, would you, do you really feel that his talent, for, how much of a diminished Kimbrel do you think we'll see? So if last year was 100%, is this year's Kimbrel 85%, 80%? What percent of Kimbrel do we see? Uh, I think he, he can be okay because last year he missed the entire spring. His daughter was ill. He came in and he was fine. The only thing that really stood out last year was his walk rate was way higher. And especially in today's environment where the ball's flying out, you can't walk guys as a closer because you're just asking for trouble. So that's the biggest thing for me. And he's had, he's had those issues a couple times in his career where the walk rates have been really high and he's been able to survive it. But especially now with no spring, sinking out a couple months, you know, it could take some time for that command to really set in. I mean, he was able to get away with it because his strikeout rates were so high last year and, and two years ago when he had the high walk rate. I mean, he had a 38.9% strikeout percentage last year, but a 12.6% walk rate. So the key is, is he going to be able to keep the ball in the park, which he has done great his entire career. When you start walking guys, and in this environment where guys are hitting fly balls and hitting a lot of home runs, that's where you get into uh, trouble as a closer. So, uh, I definitely prefer him, and I think he'll have more success than Keiko. Yeah, I do too. I think that Keiko, I mean, to, to throw 100 pitches in a game when you've thrown none, I mean, doesn't that take this guy at least two to three weeks to, to amp up? Where, I mean, Kimbrell's got to, can do it right away. I mean, you got to think that he should be able to throw 20, 30 pitches sooner than Keiko can throw 100. Yeah, I mean, I know they're saying Keiko is throwing a bunch of, extended spring training games and simulated games and throwing 90 pitches, but it's completely different than doing it even at the minor league level. So I just worry that it's going to take some time for him. And, you know, he doesn't have overpowering stuff either. You know, he's a, a contact pitcher that relies on a lot of ground balls. So he, he needs a, a good infield defense behind him as well. All right. So let's take a look at um, labor uh, results, fab results here. Zach Plesak went for $8.00. Did that guy overpay? Uh, no, I mean, if you need pitching, no. I mean, I'm in a couple spots where I kind of had to go for pitching, you know, with uh, Marco Gonzalez kicking me in the nuts yesterday. So, you know, he's got to start against the Yankees this week, so that's tough. I don't know if you want to use him there, but he had good numbers in the minor leagues, uh, excellent control. So he could stick for a little bit too, Uh you know, I know Mike Clevenger is on the way back. He's not eligible to be activated until June 7th and still has to go through some rehab starts. So there's a avenue for him to stick in that rotation. You know, Jeffrey Rodriguez hasn't been good, got hurt the other day. So he could stick. I mean, he's really a big control guy, and we've seen Indians do a good job of developing pitchers. So uh, I'm okay with uh, getting police. I did get him in one league for, for pretty cheap. All right, Lourdes Gurriel went for $6 to Andrea Lamont. About five other teams bid on Gurriel. Now, Gurriel didn't start the year with the team. Do we like him at this point? He did start the year with the team. He oh, but then they, got, then they dropped him down very quickly. Sent down. Right. right. Yeah, and then he just recently was called up, and he's hit for some power since he's come back. Yeah, I mean, I take a shot on him. I mean, I don't like the plate discipline. You know, strikes out a lot, doesn't walk enough. He's got some pop. You know, last year had 11 homers in 65 games. So, uh He's got second base shortstop eligibility in a lot of leagues. So, you know, I added him last week in a league or two and just hoping that, you know, he can keep this hot streak alive. You know, the Blue Jays lineup is is getting better with some of these young prospects coming up. Obviously, Vlad is heating up and killing it with the exit velocity off his bat. So uh, definitely worth the pickup for sure, especially in 15-team leagues. 
Somebody sent me an interesting trade last night on Twitter. He asked me, if, who would you rather have, Pete Alonso or Vlad, for this year? Who would you rather have for this year? Uh, probably Vlad. Really? I mean, I figure yeah. Vlad for next year, for sure. But this year, I thought it was, that was a closer one for me. I mean, but uh, I guess maybe I'm giving Alonso a lot of credit for what he's already done, not what he's going to do. Yeah, I mean, his power is legit. I watch him a lot, so I think he'll continue. He went through a little bit of a slump. Uh, Vlad's going to have a higher average. I know it doesn't look like it now, but he's starting to get going. And Vlad's got legit power, too. So, uh, yeah, I just think Vlad is just uh, an elite talent and is really starting to put it together now. I mean, just he's had some of the highest exit velocities this year already, and we're dealing with a small sample. So I just think he's a, a top talent. So I want to give uh, my friend, uh, our friend, Craig Gamish, some credit here. He had, I believe, Jeff Luno on with him before the season started, and he said, give me a guy in Houston, and he throws out the name Miles Straw. And I was like, who is Miles Straw? All of a sudden, Miles Straw, I looked him up. I'm like, this guy's got speed. He just went for $3 to Scott Pianowski, and people were, were picking him up all over the place. What do you think of Miles Straw? Yeah, I took a shot on him in a couple leagues. I picked him up in a NFBC online championship, picked him up in uh, another league for 4 bucks with the Fabs 100. So playing time is probably going to be the big issue. He has actually played a little bit of shortstop in the minor leagues. They started to move him there, and obviously with Carlos Correa out, maybe that's the way they can get him in there. Uh, he played yesterday, hit ninth, went three for four, three runs, and three stolen bases. Uh, stole 16 bases at AAA this year. He stole uh, 70 last year between double a AA and triple a in 131 games so no pop uh it's all speed and but that's a category that you can really move up you know three stolen bases in one game is huge and if he gets five four or five games a week you know you potentially could be looking at a week where you get six seven steals from one player it's a big deal so i'd take a shot on but, him put him in the line what about the whole adam ronis i don't like guys who don't do other categories he doesn't have any power really you always say before the year starts i don't like guys who do one thing do you change your mind mid-season when you need that one thing yeah it's not paying for him i'm getting off the waiver wire and you know, hopefully my power is set and maybe that's where i want to move up and i don't have to play him every week you know i'll play him this week and i'll see what happens if he doesn't play enough i'll cut him what did i pay for him four bucks Another league, like eight out of a thousand. So I'm not paying anything for him, and I'm just plugging him in to fill a gap. In the preseason, you got to pay for D. Gordon, Malik Smith. I'm not doing that. I'm passing on four category guys. So it's completely different when you're talking midseason. All right. Some guy named Dr. Roto picked up a guy named Nick Pavetta for three bucks. Pavetta's back in that rotation. Do we like him? Yeah, I benched him last week. I drafted him and held on in a 15-team league. And watching that first inning on Tuesday when he gave up two home runs, one to Goldschmidt, one to Osman, I'm like, oh, pretty pretty good call there because this is not going well. But he settled down. He got through five. He got the win. And then he had a great performance yesterday against the Dodgers. You know, that was the start I was worried about. Dodgers are just mashing everyone. He went six scoreless, struck out nine. So does this mean he's great the rest of the year? No, but it's definitely an encouraging sign. Certainly, there's definitely risk there, but, you know, if he's available on the wave wire, he's worth picking up. Pitching is just so difficult to come by, and we did see a stretch last year where Pavetta was really good. Still worry about the home runs, especially in that ballpark. And, uh, you know, again, 
worth adding, but I don't think he's uh, you just keep him in your lineup the rest of the year. You're really going to have to be careful and watch his starts because there's still a lot of uh, potential disaster here. All right, Steve Gardner picks up Matt Wieters for $3. Matt Wieters has power. Uh, does he have the opportunity to be successful? Yeah, Yadier Merlina's out. Uh, he doesn't need surgery, but he's on the injured list. They don't know when he's going to return. There's no timeline, so he will be playing. Uh, and he's been good when he's uh, played this year. So in 15-team leagues, certainly, uh, I'm sure a lot of people are struggling at the number two catcher spot. It could be one you rotate throughout the season, and now's an opportunity to get Weeders in there and take advantage while he's getting the playing time. All right, I'll give you a couple of guys out there, just some names. Hanser Alberto, Keon Broxton, Todd Frazier. Any of these names uh, move you, move the dial at all? Yeah, Keon Broxton, uh, you know, he's going to hurt you in average because he strikes out a ton. But right now he's getting the opportunity to play every day in a hitter's park in Baltimore. So there's really no pressure on him. He can just go out there and play. And he got off to a quick start, slowed down a little bit. But he's got pop. He's got speed. We saw it. Two years ago with the Brewers, again, a good hitter's park. He had 20 homers, 21 steals. Only hit 220, but he's going to run a little bit. He's got some pop. Camden Yards, nice park to hit in. So, yeah, I think Keon Broxton, uh, who, who really didn't go for much this weekend, and I uh, had a bid in on him in the league, lost out. Someone else got him. But, yeah, I think he can certainly produce. Uh, he's going to go through some cold spells where he just can't make contact at all. But uh, in a 15-team league, yeah, I think he's worth adding. All right, there was a huge trade that happened in labor. I thought it was going to be on my team, but it was on somebody else's team. We will discuss this trade. Does Adam Ronis agree with it? Do I agree with it? We'll discuss when we return to full-time fantasy right after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. 
Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. All right, we're back. Full-time fantasy. Dr. Roto, Adam Ronas. And remember, what are you going to do? You're going to go to playffwc.com. You're going to sign up for one of our leagues. You're going to be part of the Fantasy Football World Championships, the online championships, our dynasty leagues, all of our, our, our starter leagues, our best ball leagues. Be part of what we're doing. All right? You know you love playing the game of fantasy football. You know you love it. So check us out. Play ffwc.com we're here we'll be there in vegas we'll be hanging out with you we'll be drafting we'll be drafting before vegas we're drafting now we'll talk about that next segment a lot of stuff going on in that league but ronas there was a big trade in labor big trade i thought i was making it but I'm, i guess it wasn't me the fantasy black book joe piece P, man who's so far out he's literally 30 points from sniffing anything Trades Mike Trout for Chris Sale and Chris Davis. You good with that trade? Which side do you like best? Uh, I mean, most times we're going to say Trout, but, you know, when you talk about team context, obviously Trout's not doing anything for him. He's still towards the bottom, so he wants to make something happen. And Sale obviously has turned it around. He's been better than where he started. And Chris Davis just coming off the injured list is a perennial 40 homer guy. So uh, I understand why the trade was made. So who's, do you think that fa- that the uh, Alan Harrison fantasy fix gets enough? Do you think if you had Sale and, and Davis, you go all in on Trout? Uh, I mean, again, it depends on the rest of his pitching. Pitching is really difficult to come by. So I'm assuming he feels like he has decent pitchers. Maybe he's got a Giolito or Odorizzi who has kind of surpassed expectations. And he's buying into him. He doesn't. Uh, I'll tell you who he has. He has Verlander, Stroman, Strom, Will Smith, Richards, Paddock, Oberg, and Lauer. And I can't think Paddock's got that much more time to be good. Well, if he goes 130, 140, still has time to be good. True. He's got Beeks and Kukuchi on the bench. So, I mean, he's going to miss Sale. Yeah, but you got to give up something to get Trout. No, that's true. That's absolutely true. Got to go all in, right? Yeah. So I, uh-huh. I I mentioned this to you the break. I thought I had a deal with Alan Harrison. We were working on a deal. I was going to give him Jose Perez, and I was getting Chris Davis and Nick Castellanos. And then, so I I went to bed last night, I saying I would do that trade. And then all of a sudden, I wake up, don't hear anything from him, and then see this trade on the site. So I ask you this question: Does he owe me any? Hey, dude, went another direction. Hey, hey, good luck. I decided to make another trade. Do you do you say that to anybody, or do you just make a trade and you go whatever? I mean, could have said it. Uh, not the biggest deal if he doesn't. I mean, you see the trade and you go, okay. You know, understand. He felt that was better. Uh, it wasn't agreed upon. You know, it's one thing if he said, all right, cool, we got a deal, and then goes in a different direction. Then I think definitely owes an explanation to say, hey, uh, you know, we didn't officially agree to it. It was on the table. I would have done it, but this deal came, and I thought it was way better. Sorry about that. So. Are you good with that? Let's say that happened. Let's say he goes, Doc, I like the deal. I feel really good about it. I think I'm going to do it. Let me just sleep on it. And then all of a sudden, tomorrow he goes, Doc, you know, I, I made another deal for Trout. You're me. How do you feel about that? If he says, I'm going to think about it and sleep on it, that means he's not fully accepted of it. So it could change. So you, that, that's the way I look at it. 
I'll tell you, one of the classiest things that ever, ever happened is a guy who actually passed away a few years ago, very sad, uh, passed away way too soon. And we, we made this trade and he thought I said one player, I thought I had another player. I'm like, dude, he said this player. And he still honored the trade, which I thought was pretty cool. Even though he didn't think in his head, he, I, for some reason it was a mix up, but he still went ahead with the trade because he thought it was the right thing to do and not to screw me over. I, you think people trade fairly for the most part? Yeah, I think they do for the most part. I think you have to nowadays, especially if you're in a league where it's been the same group of people for a few years or industry. I, I think for the most part, I, I don't think people try to screw over people. I think it's hard to do nowadays. No, I think it's true. And I think, look, people have memories like elephants. When you screw me over, people remember you forever. So I'm not angry at Al. He's a good guy. I just, I just wish, you know, I think I always try to say, what would I have done? I probably would have sent him an email. So I have Jose Ramirez, who's just not playing great. Is this the time that I hold him and wait for better? Or do I shop him around to a guy that wants to take a chance on him? Yeah, he's really tough to figure out right now because a lot of his metrics are pretty much similar to what they were last year. Uh, I know he's having a tough time hitting the fastball, which is probably an issue. Last year, it was the breaking balls towards the end of the year where he really had a problem with. But, you know, his launch angle is still same. It's a little bit higher. His hard hit rate is good. So he's really difficult to figure out what is wrong. I don't wonder if he's hiding an injury. Uh you know, I, I feel like there's probably one or two people in every week, league who are going to say, you know what, I'll buy on him. This guy has been a productive the last two years. Uh, by the end of the season, the numbers are always there, regardless of the path that went there. I mean, look at the last three years, 46, 55, 38 doubles. You know, the, the power, everything's been there. I mean, we know that the lineup for Cleveland's not as good, but I, I don't know if that's the issue. I mean, this guy's got a 621 OPS, man. It's just really crazy to see how he's fallen this much. And, you know, I didn't want to take him at three, but I didn't think he was going to fall this much. It's just kind of stunning to see what's happened with him. And, you know, I don't know, because I don't know if his trade value will, will get higher. I mean, he's got to turn it around. I mean, his exit velocity is this uh, a little bit better than last year. His launch angle is up. So I don't know why the power is not there. I can tell you this. When I drafted my labor team, I liked it. But now when I look at my labor team, and yes, I have been injuries. We all have had injuries. I get it. I just know I, by looking at this team, I can't win. Don't have enough power. And I know it's funny because the draft, before the draft, we all talked about speed. We need speed. There's not enough speed. I got enough speed. I don't have enough power. It's almost like there's not enough power. And I've got guys like Charlie Tilson and uh, Real Mood, I mean, Real Mood was good, but he, I mean, I, it was, now it looks like a bad pick considering with the round I took him in. But I, I look at my team, Ramirez, I don't have enough power to compete. Yeah, I think with the speed thing was overblown a little bit because with less speed, you don't need as much to compete. You just don't. If there's not as many steals, you just need to be in the middle of the category and you could work like Miles Straw. You know, pick him up. Maybe it's a two-week thing. Maybe it's a week thing. But he gets you a few steals, moves you up a little bit. You know, Jared Dyson was a guy that you could have picked up off the wave wire. And, again, it's not plentiful. But, you know, I'm just not going to overemphasize speed early on. You still need a lot of power. Even though power is up in baseball, you still need a lot of it. And that's why it pays to continue to spend on power throughout the draft because 
you know, once you fall behind in that category, uh, it, it's tough. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it here. First place in home runs is 141. I'm at 104. 109 is reasonable. Then the next jump is 116. I'm like, I, I'm so far. It's, I mean, I'm not, it's, nothing's too far behind. Whereas stolen bases, this sounds crazy and maybe it goes to your point. I'm at 44. 30 stolen bases is third from the bottom. So if I got Miles Straw, I would have been right this week, and he has a good week. I could gain much faster in the speed than I can in the power. Yeah, and that's why it's also you know, good to trade for speed during the year if you can as well. And usually if there is a team that overloads on it, maybe has a Mondesi, then got like a D Gordon or something, you know, they're going to be looking to shop the speed because they're so far above in the category that that's where their surplus is, and then you could shop that to fill another need. Well, it's funny because we're looking at our friend uh, Rudy Gamble, and Rudy's got is very low. He's got 58 stolen bases and 97 home runs. And, I mean, look, Rudy's as good a player as they, as they come, but, I mean, I don't know how he catches up. I mean, I know he's got a good team, and his pitching is outstanding, but, I mean, he's, he's seven home runs behind me, and that's and he's going to have to make a huge trade. I don't even know what he does. I'm trying to look at his team here. I mean, for speed-wise, obviously he's got good players, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't. I guess the question is, can you fix home runs on the fly mid-season, or is it too late? No, you can, and especially if you have a bunch of guys who are underachieving that you expect to hit home runs, and you know, uh, we're, we're finding more and more guys hit for power off the waiver wire too. So, I think you can fix it. So nothing, is there anything unfixable to you? Is there anything, is there any one category, or what's the one category that maybe is the most unfixable to you? Uh, probably average. If you're real low on average, it's really difficult to, to, I mean, I don't know how you trade for average nowadays. Uh, so I think that's one of the huge ones that's tough to fix. ERA can be fixed. I've done it numerous times. I mean, I've sat in tout in like June with ERAs in the high fours and managed to get it to the low threes. So ERA can be fixed. I mean, obviously it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of smart decisions. Saves can be fixed through trade or guys off the waiver wire. That's another category that's very tight as well. So you pick up that one guy and we haven't seen too many yet. And it hurts that teams are now employing committees on several teams. I mean, we don't even know, who the Twins' closer is on a given night. It's Rodgers and Parker. We've seen the Red Sox rolling with three, four guys. So that's made it a little bit more difficult here. And then depending on where Kimbrel goes, that could really damage someone. I mean, you know, Luke Jackson was a good pickup. Kimbrel goes to Atlanta, see you, Luke Jackson. You know, you lose your value. So I was hoping you weren't going to say that about average because I am so far behind an average, dude. And the worst part is, Jose Ramirez is hitting 206 for me, right? Aaron Hicks hitting 204. Marte's hitting 270. Guys who I thought were going to be my, my stabilizers aren't, aren't stable. So, I mean, look, we all make mistakes, but I mean, and then you could have said, well, you could have known that that, but sometimes things you know and sometimes things you don't know. And I mean, the thing is with average, you get a couple of good average guys, you have to give up power. You get lure, you're, Yuli Gurriel, you give up power. So everything's a trade-off, right? 
Uh, sometimes. I mean, Gallo is a guy that's actually hit for average this year, and I don't know if it would have lasted. Who knows now that he's on the injured list with the oblique injury, but he was hitting 276, and people were drafting and were like, oh, I hope he hits 220 because I want the 40 home runs. So that changed. Uh, with, I guess what, when you have guys like Ramirez and Hicks, if you don't deal them, you just have to say, okay, they're going to wind up going on torrid streaks to get back to that level because this is not what their skill set says they are. I mean, I'm not really surprised that Aaron Hicks, he had the back injury, the cortisone shot, he missed time. So I think he's a guy that you kind of have to be patient with. I mean, Jose Ramirez is tough to figure, but at the same time, around this time last year, people were wanting no part of Matt Carpenter, and then he had a great Final Four bud. So I think that's what Jose Ramirez on his half to hope happens right now because you're definitely not getting proper value for him in a trade. You're definitely selling extremely low. But there could be one or two people in the league who are still optimistic and say, all right, because that's the epitome of buy low. Like too many times people are like, oh, buy low on, on this guy. And it's like, really? It's not realistic. Jose Ramirez is the epitome of buy low because I'm sure all his owners are frustrated with him. They don't want him. And they feel like they're getting rid of someone that is weighing them down. And that's a guy that went in the first round of every draft. And if he could just somehow turn around over the final four months and you get him on the cheap, you know, that could be the difference in winning a championship. All right, here's another trade that went down in Tout Wars. Your friend Ian Kahn traded with A.J. Moss. Uh, A.J. Moss gets Tommy Pham and Felix Pena. Ian Kahn gets Anthony Rizzo and 62 free agent dollars. This is what Ian's been doing all season long is trying to get fab money. So he spends in fab and he tries to trade for it. Do you like that trade? Which side do you like better, Fam and Pena, or do you like Rizzo and the money? Um, again, it comes down to roster context. I mean, Fam, I don't know where his power went. That that because I liked Fam coming to the year. I thought this was a twenty twenty guy, and he's not hitting for power at all. Ton of ground balls. Now he is running. He's got a good average. He's on a great team. Typically hits second, but just eight home runs to me is a disappointment. Now this is OPP, right? Uh, what's points? Okay. Oh, so, mm, oh yeah. So then I don't know because <laughs> I don't know the whole system. So well, it's tough to evaluate. Can, can I just tell you what a cluster beep it is in, in, in a tout this year in my league? Do you know how bad it is? I scored seven pitching points last week. Seven. How is that possible? Because I had, I had guys who lost. The numbers are so skewed. It's not even enjoyable anymore. I don't know who's having fun. Seriously, I don't know who was having fun. Yeah, I mean, it's got to improve for sure, uh, the system. Uh, Rizzo's good in the points format. He's got power. He gets on base. Uh, Pena, I like. I just don't know what the Angels are doing with him. You know, he came in after the opening of the day, and I'm not sure if he's in line to to go this week. I think he might because they sent the, the kid that started yesterday. They sent him down to the minors. But I do like Pena. I think he's been a little bit fortunate so far, but I think it helps that the opener goes in front of him because it puts him in position to get wins. He only needs to go four innings sometimes, and if the team has the lead, he's been getting the strikeout, so I like the arm. Uh, but Rizzo's definitely good in a points format. Fam, it's just not hitting for power. Uh, only eight home runs in today's power-heavy environment. It's kind of a disappointment. I mean, it's really not hurt you too much in Roto Leagues. I mean, he's got the six deals. He's got a 305 average. Even in OBP Leagues, he's 418. But just not hitting for, for power. Uh, and his launch angle is way down, too. I mean, it's way down from last year's. Uh, but 
Everything else is good. Hits the ball hard. Excellent velocity. Uh, exit velocity. He's drawing walks. It's just you're not getting the power you had hoped for. If I showed you my uh, my onroto.com team, dude, I have so many guys in the DL. I have so many guys uh, who are DL. It's ridiculous. It's almost an, it's 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 a mockery. It's been a disaster of a season. But really, it's been made it's been made worse with the with these. Uh, and I don't like complaining. I because a rule is a rule, and you follow it and you do your best. But I find like if I'm complaining mid-season about a rule, then it's just not good. Right, because for the most part, I can get by with anything. I've been doing this for so long, Adam, that whatever the rule is, I'll figure it out. But this point thing is so bad that if a guy gets a loss, it's minus five. So it, it, anything that he does good that game is nullified by that loss. Have other people complain about it? I don't know. I don't talk to these people. There's nothing on a message board. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't. You know, it's not like I I chatted up with AJ Moss and uh, you know Ralph Lifshitz. I'm just saying that. Uh, you know, it's just kind of how I feel. I'd much rather be in a category league. I liked the points league last year. And I even liked it when it was, you know, like Italian lira, you know, when the, when the pitchers were scoring like 200 a week. I enjoyed that more than this. This is just like so negative. A guy even like blinks the wrong way, you lose points. It's, it's too much. Yeah, I mean, points formats can be good, but the score has to be appropriate. And sometimes you see commissioners play with it too much and uh, I think you just got to find one that's that's fair all right when we come back we're going to talk about the fantasy football champs expert invitational draft it's a two quarterback draft Ronas and I are both in it Rona's going to be picking very soon like maybe even during the show it's close if Bob Harris makes a pick Ronas will be up we got a lot of picks out there we'll talk about it we'll break it down Matthew Berry was talking about his team on Instagram. Let's see if his team's that good. I like mine. Maybe Adam like his. But we'll discuss what to do in a two-quarterback league with so much depth. Two tight ends. Dallas Goldberg went round nine. Crazy stuff. Right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? 
Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. All right, we are back. So swing for the fences, playing daily fantasy baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer user to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament. Become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're just doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and the use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's a 2019 MLB Daily Roto premium package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Ronis, I didn't tell you. You know what we saw yesterday? We saw Rocket Man. Any interest in that movie? Uh, what is that about? Elton John, his biopic. Oh, is that? Where did you see that? In a movie theater. Okay. It's the first movie theater I've been to in a long time, dude. I haven't been. But my daughter is like a big fan. So we we went. It was was really good. Except I will just highly recommend not taking a 12-year-old as they're having gay sex scenes and snorting coke. (laughs) Yeah. Well, First question as we get out is like, Daddy, why do they they snort coke through their nose? Like, let's not talk about that right now. Daddy, where can I get some of that? <laughs> exactly. Like, let's focus on the other parts of the movie that you liked. <laughs> but it was a good movie, dude. Tyron Hedgerton was good. It was good. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I doubt I'm going to go to the movies to see it. Do you like Elton John? Uh, not, not really. You know what I saw that was really good? Uh, documentary on Ron Artest on Showtime. Oh, I would see that. He's crazy. It, see... He and that's why he had mental not, health issues. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, legitimately. See, I don't think a lot. Of people, legitimately, I mean, I think oh. that's why he gets misunderstood. He it was really good. Uh, so, what's the name of it? Do you know the name of it? I'll look it up. Um, I don't know. I saw it on Showtime the other night. Uh, so you have if you have Showtime, I think. He, let me yeah. see. All right, uh, but it was very good because Mike Jarvis was in there talking about how. He was like so he's never seen a person that could be the most gentle, quiet soul to just losing it instantly. Like he told a story about how St. John's had he had to stop practice a couple of times to get him to calm down. And he did. And then one time he just left. He threw an air conditioner through a wall like he just destroyed stuff. And uh, he had mental health issues and he actually is talking about it a lot now. Um, I know when he went to Indiana. Donnie Walsh was talking about how they made him see a sports psychologist. If you remember, when he won the championship with the Lakers, he thanked his sports psychologist. I don't remember that, but I remember feeling like I knew there was some stuff there, and then I wondered whether it was for attention or I didn't, or was it real? You know, I, sometimes you know, like with Rodman, like with Rodman, I really believe Rodman's normal. I think he just does this for attention. And I worried about, I, I wondered about Meta World Peace, right? Which, who was that? Because I, I did, I do, sometimes he is very soft-spoken and wonderful. 
but I guess this is us. Uh, it's really called like Quiet to Storm, the Ron Artest story. Interesting. All right, but yeah, no, it was very good. And, you know, obviously he grew up in Queensbridge. And he even said, you know, he sold drugs. And he said the first time he did it, he's like, this is not for me. I don't want to do this. I don't feel comfortable. He didn't even come back with the money. The guy's like, where's the money? He's like, I can't do this. So he never wanted to be in that. His dad had him on the playground in the snow, beating him up. Not beating him up, but like, you know, toughing him up to play basketball. Everyone in Queensbridge is like, yeah, we'd, it'd be snowing outside. It's 10 degrees. We look outside. And Ron's dad and him are on the court. So he toughened him up. He was always the tough player. And I think getting with Kobe really helped him because Kobe was the guy who didn't back down from him. If you remember, they went at it right. in games. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he sure. looked up to Kobe. Kobe said he was in the locker room after losing a championship. And Ron Artest walked in there and said, hey, I want to join you. I want to play with you guys next year. And Kobe's like, what? I just lost the championship. Like, what are you doing? And then, obviously, he went there, and he told him. He's like, I told Ron, I'm not dealing with any of this off-the-court stuff. It's got to be strictly basketball. I need your focus. And I think it really helped him out, and he won a championship. So, you know, I think that's what that's why I feel bad with Artest. Everyone remembers him for the malice in the palace. And they go over that, too, where he actually, years later, reached out to the guy who threw the beer and met up with him to, to have lunch. Well, good. There, there's no – I mean – there is no call for two things. One, athletes should not go into the stands, but people should not be throwing stuff. Right. That, and the guy just did it like stuff. on a bet. You know, he's like, oh, so he's like, oh, I bet you can't hit him. And he, and he did it. I know, but still, I bet I, I, I can bet you a lot of things, Ronis, and you shouldn't do it. No, right? I know. You just I, don't do stuff like it's that. It's just, just, how about when they throw batteries in the, at the outfielders and, the, and, and stuff like that? Yeah, people it's are bad. crazy. It's bad. bad. I mean, and it's, I'm afraid that we're going to have a bad incident in the next year or two of, Someone going in the stands. I really believe that anybody who throws anything onto a field or a player should be banned for that stadium for life. They should. For life. And with not, without exceptions. Without it, no, no exceptions. No parole. No exceptions. The other, because, it, yeah. the other interesting thing that's that Jermaine O'Neal, oh, my God, does he hold a grudge against our test. It is nuts. He, first of all, they never got along. Jermaine O'Neal never liked him. He right. told ownership. Uh, about a year and a half before or a test requested to be traded, he said, we need to get rid of this guy. I don't want him here. You know, a lot of people felt he wasn't committed because, remember, he had the suspension. And then the next year, he said, yeah, I'm not going to be able to come to training camp because he was promoting his R&B album. So well, people don't, but, were, but don't you think if you're a real committed player, playing with a guy like Artest is very frustrating because you're given 100% and this guy's all over the place? Yeah, but I don't think Artest ever didn't play hard when he was on the court. You know, like he always he was I the know, best but, defensive player. But he ruins your locker room. He's he's difficult to get along with. There, there's just some issues. Well, you because know? he had mental health issues, and that was the thing too. O'Neal was like, you know, it was kind of tough to to figure him out because he didn't really open up. But that's part of the mental health issue. No, you know? I, I'm I'm I think that's very intriguing. Look, I think there's a lot that people should see because they can learn about these issues because, you know, we, we're, we're being judgmental as, as I was in part, you know? Well, you know, I, think, I think because it's becoming more of a common issue now. People are more openly willing to talk about it. It's, it that's really well, the last year. Well, it's funny that you said that, that it relates to the Elton John because Elton John was a, a coke fiend and an alcoholic, but a lot of it was predicated on his sexuality, which they didn't talk about back in the 70s. Right. Now, if Elton, if Elton John was starting his career today, the first thing he'd say is, I'm gay. Right. I mean, and, it's it's and not a problem. It's, it was yeah, back it's then. It's more, 
Right. It's more openly acceptable now. So it's right. not as big a deal. And I think that's becoming something with mental health issues. More and more people, especially famous people, are openly talking about it. And then the common person says, okay, yeah, that I kind of relate to that. Maybe I should get some help too. But yeah, because I, 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 I interviewed Artest when he was at St. John's and I didn't think he was a bad guy and had him on a show a few years ago. And I never thought he was a bad guy. I mean, obviously, I kind of root for him because he's from Queens. But people say the same thing about him. Like, yeah, he's not not a bad guy, but he, he could just lose it in an instant. Like, he just lost it. And obviously, it happened that night and then had the suspension. And remember, that Indiana team was close. There was also yeah. a game that the series against Detroit, our test got hit with a technical foul for throwing an elbow. It gave them four free throws and cost them the game. He even said, he's like, that was my fault. That was stupid. Like, so he made decisions like that early in his career. But Jermaine O'Neal was really upset. He's like, you know, we were close. We could have gotten Reggie Miller a title. Yeah. And then he just bailed on us. He said, because when he won the championship with the Lakers, he was there saying, you know, this is for the Indiana team. I apologize. I wish I was more mature. And Jermaine O'Neal's like, Okay, great. You said that, but you never reached out to me once. You have my number. Well, look, like, he's Shaq real the, bitter Shaq, about Shaq, it. Shaq said the same thing about Penny. Remember that Shaq and Penny thing where he's like, I, I dismantled that whole team because I was jealous of Penny? I mean, it's funny how the stuff comes out, but I, I want to get to a different point here. It's amazing that Rodman, who is crazy, had Jordan to calm him down. Our test had Kobe. Yeah, you need and that. These guys, you need that. These guys need somebody a role model, if you will, or at least a basketball role model, because Rodman, as crazy as be, Jordan would say, stop it. Rodman would stop it, right? Because, I mean, it's Michael Jordan, and they won a lot of championships together. You know, when you don't have that, you're not listening to Jermaine O'Neal tell you to stop it. Right, because Jermaine O'Neal was a young player as well. He wasn't, right. you know, they were probably about the same age. But right. also, you know, the same AAU team was Ron Artest, Lamar Odom, and Elton Brand. Oh, wow. Can you imagine that AAU team? <laughs> well, Lamar Odom had issues too, but that team could ball for sure. All right, so let's take a look at the uh, two-quarterback fantasy football league. Adam Ronis, you're on the clock. I don't know if you saw that with all this talking. Your team is on the clock, my friend. Which direction are you going to go? Let's take a look at Ronis's team. Adam Ronis has uh, James Conner. He's got George Kittle. He's got Keenan Allen. He's got Matt Ryan. He's got Kenyon Drake. He's got Mitch Trubisky, Tyler Lockett, and DJ Moore. Where are you going in round nine and ten? Yeah, I'm not sure yet. A couple guys I wanted had gone. Uh, I I debated taking a quarterback on the turn at seven eight. Decided to pass, and yeah. Then of Oof. course, Oof. yeah. Then two quarterbacks went too. Well, it's only two, but yeah, because I thought about Foles and Haskins. They both went. Uh, I was hoping you can get, that you can get Eli or Josh Rosen. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So two team, three. Oh no, there's four teams, five teams who don't have a third quarterback. Well, look. Here's the one thing about Eli: you may hate his guts and Josh Rosen, but you know you can get Fitzpatrick or Daniel Jones. So you you are giving yourself a, a, a third guy. Probably, you hope so. I'm not uh, telling you to do that. I'm just saying that, that it d doesn't kill you. No, I know. I mean, I wanted Miles Sanders. He went this round. Uh, Henderson was another guy I was going to take, uh, and he went. So uh, I have to figure this out here. You like – I'm just giving you names. Just throwing names. Do you like Jordan Howard, 
Peyton Barber, Rashad Penny. How about, uh, I got a guy for you. I don't know, Rashad, I'll tell you. Um, what about, do you want a running back? A little Kareem Hunt? <sighs> it's going to nah, miss eight games, man, for sure. I don't you want know. another receiver? Jarvis no. Landry? No. I don't know. I probably, let me see. There's 30 receivers off the board, and I got three of them. So, uh, I th yeah, I think I'm just going to go best player at this point. How many tight ends are gone? It's uh, funny you said that. 14. I have four receivers now. I think I have four too many. No, no, it's you really don't, though, because remember, you start four receivers, but you also got the, is it two or three flex now? I forgot. Two. I think two. Yeah, I hope it's so, two. Oh my God. Yeah, I think it's wait, it's two quarterbacks, three running backs, four receivers, two flex, two tight ends. Two is that right? Ends. Yeah, yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. So no, I don't think four is too many. And also, you have Tyreek Hill, who we don't know. Isn't it funny that I took Hill? I was thinking about Henry when I was taking Hill, and I waited, and I still got Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but I think that's generally where he's been going, from what I've seen. Right? I mean, Look, seventh at round. seven, there's no way I'm not taking him. Look, maybe he does nothing. Maybe he's maybe he misses eight games but what if he doesn't it's it's worth look this this it's worth going for it would you have done it with big money on the line yes okay in round seven not right. in round four when i originally discussed it with you yeah that's a little too early right but i might have done it in six like at the end of six instead of taking david carr which i would never have taken yeah i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to do Carr. I mean, Carr. I just but you got, got him as your third quarterback. Yeah, right. Just have a guy. Yeah, I mean, he's capable of having a few big games here and there, especially with Antonio Brown going off. And I think you're hoping most weeks that you got Baker and Murray anyway as your top two quarterbacks. Right, but I'm figuring Carr maybe gets me four weeks of playing from behind. They're buying by 30, and he just throws in the second half. I mean, that's what I was looking at. Was yeah, it I mean, him or you, Darnold? Uh, I would have went Darnold. I thought about that, but I was like, I don't. I hate Adam Gase like poison. And I have Antonio Brown, so I'm like, maybe Brown and Carr, it, it's a, it's okay. a good week for me. That's oh, why. yeah. that's uh, that, uh, You could use that as a tiebreaker, too. Get the double right. uh, double touchdowns the there. Yeah, the hookup. But I ended up getting my boy Ridley in round nine anyway. Yeah, yeah. receivers get pushed down the board a little bit in this draft uh, just because tight ends are going so high, QBs are going so high, running backs are valued more because of the .25 per carry. So... Receivers, you got pushed down the board, which is why that's why on that 7-8 turn, I'm like, do I take a third quarterback here who's not that good? Because, look, I was looking at Foles or Haskins. So do I take them or do I take I would have taken Foles. I, I love the lock, Lockett pick. You know I love Lockett. I think I would have taken Foles over more because of because you know you're not getting one on the way back. Because well, right now your choices are Eli and Rosen, and I can't blame you. Look, I think Eli's probably the smart pick here. Because you know he's going to start as, as disgusting as he is. Yeah, and you but know I, you saw, can get Jones. I think I saw something on the over-under of games started for Daniel Jones with six or seven. That's high for Vegas. That's... My pro see, the problem with taking Eli is you have to get Daniel Jones or you're totally screwed. Yeah. or That's yeah, the problem. Or, or you hope that Eli somehow plays well and then all of a sudden Giants are playing well and winning games and... We told you Eli's the best. <laughs> well, actually, the move that, that you should make, and I'm not saying here, this I would not make it here, is to take Eli and Jones. Like, not this pick, but the next go-round, if I could get Eli and Jones, I'd do it. Or Rosen and Fitzpatrick in one swoop and be done. Don't you think you Rosen starts? I don't think he's that good.
don't think he's. I don't know. I. I oh, mean, Fitzpatrick can, can win you some games. He can't. But they, maybe they don't want to win you games. Game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, say, I don't think they want to win for Tua. Yeah. I don't know. That team's a mess. That team is a mess. Who's the best player on the board? The best player on the board? Yeah, who's uh, your best player? I don't know. Let me see. It's probably... Mm, it's a receiver at this point, but I don't know if I want to go in that direction. Is it Corey Davis? No. Yeah, I don't like Corey Davis. Yeah, hmm. that situation is not great. No. Landry's not bad here. I like Landry. I almost picked... Landry is on my list, dude. I like Landry. Because, God forbid, Odell gets injured. How many points are you going to get from Landry? 17 yeah. a week? And it's certainly realistic that yeah. Beckham can get hurt based on what's happened. Yeah, he's interesting. I don't know. It's not easy being Adam Ronis right now. No, it's not. It's not a clear-cut pick here. I'm trying to look and see if this Dude, my tight ends are going to be vomit. <laughs> well, you, that's the thing, though, in this thing. You kind of have to decide, all right, you know how it is. If you miss out in the top three and you don't go middle tier, you're like, all right, I'm just punting, and I, you're going to hope that one of them hits big. I'm literally going to have four second tight ends and hope that somebody gets, somebody gets injured. Seriously. Yeah, uh, and then becomes the starter, or yeah. on a given week, they, you know, one gives you... a touchdown, you, yeah. Yeah, one gives you 12, the other one gives you eight, and you're so strong at the other positions that it's not going to matter. Right. I mean, when my guys are Demetrius Harris and Adam Shaheen, Adam, that's what we're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> That's the fun Talk, part. Your team's really good, except for those two guys who really suck. <laughs> what can I tell you? It's an imperfect, it's this an imperfect league. Yeah, no, it definitely. It makes you think, and the scoring's a lot different. The starters are different, so you have to do uh, some different things as we get into the middle to later rounds. Alan Harrison did apologize to me, so I appreciate that. And he still has interest in Ramirez. I'll move him. Okay, there you go. All right, who's coming up in hour number two? Uh, Mike Florio from Fantrax at Ricky 20. All right, keep it right here, guys. This is Dr. Rose saying be well, take care. Back after this.